virtue. What comes to mind when you hear that word? One of my favorite definitions for virtue is a beneficial quality or power of a thing. We are all filled with our own virtues, personal strengths and power within us that are gifts given to us by God. The real magic happens when we recognize our virtues and become guardians of these virtues, using them for the good of others. Join me, your host, Elisa Lindsay Johnson, as I talk to amazing guardians of virtue who all have one thing in common, a desire to use their gifts for good. I hope that as you listen to this podcast, you are emboldened with your own virtues. Let us all strive to be guardians of virtue. Hey, hey, you guys. So I wanted to hop on here really fast and talk to you about today's guest. Usually on these episodes, when I interview someone, um, it's because I think we talk largely about why they are a guardian of the specific virtue that we're talking about that day. But on today's episode, I talk with Mark Mabry, who I think is absolutely a guardian of freedom because of the work he's done with Tim Ballard. He's also a guardian of witnessing. And I know that um, that might not seem clear right now, but because of the work he he's done, he, he got to witness the start of Operation Underground Railroad from the very beginning. And he got to go, he was on the operation and got to witness firsthand what happened on the island where the 54 children were saved in Colombia, which is what happened in the movie, The Sound of Freedom. So in this episode, you get to hear his eyewitness account of that. And so I want you to listen to it and um, add it to your own witness of what you saw in the movie and what you've read or heard about Tim Ballard and know that the work that they do in Operation Underground Railroad and the work that Mark does with the Nazarene Fund and so does Tim Ballard. Um, it's because they are guardians of freedom and they do work every single day to save people. And and to me, that's an amazing, amazing thing. Not everyone can say that they done it the way that Mark and Tim have, but we can all be guardians of freedom. And I hope that by the end of today's episode, you will learn that. I hope that you will feel that in your bones, that that you can be a guardian of freedom and that it does not only mean to save people from slavery, which it does entirely and wholeheartedly mean to save people from slavery, but there are all types of freedoms. We talk about that when we talk about Captain Moroni. We read in the Book of Mormon the title of Liberty is all about freedom, right? Captain Rowan, I said, if I can pull it up. <laughs> uh, he said, he rose the title of Liberty, which says, in memory of our God, our religion and freedom and our peace, our wives and our children. They do that. And we could do that too, by what we say, by what we do, by the actions we take. And we talk a lot about that in, in, today's interview um being a guardian of freedom absolutely means guarding your actions uh, being a guardian of action to keep the freedom that you have mentally spiritually physically and to help keep the freedom of others so you start 
being a guardian of freedom for others when you are a guardian of freedom for yourself first. Because if you're not a guardian of freedom for yourself, you won't have the ability to free others. And that freedom can come in the way that Tim Ballard and Mark Mabry have made it happen. That freedom can also come by your example, through your contact, just being around you, through the words that you say, through the, the things that you do. All of those provide a conduit for freedom for others. So I hope that this interview really helps you see that. It did me. I, I mean, I've always believed those things, but it solidified that that knowledge for me that that I could be a guardian of freedom too. Even though I don't have the skills of an undercover agent or um, I don't have the talent of witnessing like Mark Mabry does, I have my own talents and I could use those to be a guardian of freedom too. And you have your own talents that will help you be a guardian of freedom. I think that's where people get stuck is that we forget that that our talents are good enough to to do that work because they're gifts from God and gift, gifts from God are given to us from God to serve his children. And that's one of the ways we can serve them. There are so many people that are in, I would say, this is going out on a limb, but I would say that each and every one of us need to be freed from something. Um, it starts there and then it works up to the, the obvious answers, right? With sex trafficking and slavery and abortion and all that stuff. We all have something we need to be free from, a sin that maybe we haven't, we're having a hard time get, getting rid of and repenting of or um, something in our life that we're having a hard time letting go. So we all have a way to be a guardian of freedom. And um, I, I cannot wait for you to hear this interview. Um, it was life-changing for me, as they all are. I love, you know, I, f I forget sometimes how much fun it is to interview just because I've been doing a lot of solo episodes lately. But um, there's something special in talking with other human beings. We all have such unique and special life experiences. And if we never talk to each other about them, then our lives will not be enriched. I feel like when we talk to each other about our lives, there's just this amazing um, value and richness that st starts to engulf our whole being, our whole life that comes when we talk to each other, when we are willing to listen to each other's stories and when we are willing to listen to what Heavenly Father wants to teach us about those stories. And what I've told you in this very long introduction is a few are a few of the things that I learned while talking to Mark. And I probably shouldn't put this at the front because I do want you to learn for yourselves what you need to learn during this interview. Um, and so take what I learned and you could put it to heart, but I not at the expense of what you need to learn about being a guardian of freedom, because we can all learn something different here. And that comes because we all have the life, different life experiences that I mentioned. So without further ado, here is my interview with Mark Mabry, the owner of Reflections of Christ, and also the, which you should go check out. There is a photo in particular that portrays the woman 
with an issue of blood touching the Savior, which is my favorite miracle that Jesus performs. And um, Mark's depiction of it is breathtakingly beautiful. And someday I'm going to have a big piece of that artwork in my home. Someday. Um, he is an amazing photographer. We don't talk a lot about that besides the work that he did as a photographer when he was uh, at those operations for Operation Underground Railroad with Tim Ballard. But he's an amazing photographer. And um, he also is the chief. Oh, wow. He is the chief operations. Oh, nope. Hold on. I'm going to get there. Chief communications operate. Chief of communications. Chief of communication operations. Something like CCO. He's a CCO of the Nazarene Fund. That was really challenging. And I might ask him to help me with that. Correct me with that. But um, so he's still doing amazing work. The Nazarene Fund um, does similar work as the Operation Underground Railroad does and helps people in the Middle East. Uh, it was started by Glenn Beck, but now um, Tim Ballard is the president of that. So some amazing work Mark Mabry does. And um, I can't wait for you to learn more about him, about um, how he had a hand to play in the start of Operation Underground Railroad. So without further ado, here's my interview with Mark Mabry, a guardian of freedom. Mark, thank you for joining me today on this episode. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me, Lizzie. Yeah, this has been a, a long time coming, <laughs> but it, I feel like the timing worked out right because um, we're going to talk about something that means so much to both of us. Um, and that's about what it means to be a guardian of freedom, particularly with the work that you got to do with Tim Ballard. And we're going to talk about the movie a little bit. That Awesome. Out. So first, I want to ask you the question, what does it mean to you to be a guardian of freedom? Ooh, wow. That, that has so many levels to it, right? Um, yeah. I suppose I could start at the, at the shallow end and like go deeper. Okay. Um, I think of the shallow end would be just getting somebody out of captivity, mm -hmm. right? Pretty obvious. Yeah. Um, and getting anybody out of any sort of captivity takes a little deeper. Um, you know, obviously like trafficking and slavery is, is what I would call like the shallow end or the obvious freedom. Um, but there's other people that are trapped in like, abusive situations mm -hmm. or that, that maybe aren't um, illegal per se, but, but they're bad Yeah. and helping people um, claim, claim their autonomy back. So take it even deeper, like theologically, I think that the, the freedom and um, you know, agency is like thing number one, mm -hmm. right. That makes us able to have a good, experience is that we have to choose into it yeah and um and so giving people the freedom to to exercise that agency is to me what it means to be a guardian of freedom i guess i mean i haven't really thought through that question before um so i'm glad you asked it <laughs> well and usually i give my guests like a, a list of questions so you are you're getting this on the spot well, listen, you probably did give me a list to your credit, but, but I'm so bad at reading emails that um, it's probably sitting in there. No worries. No worries. Uh, did you really? Did you send one? 
No, not not okay, just making sure. Not this time. I I <laughs> barely finished the questions <laughs> before okay, we, cool. we press start. So um well, my is- my goal is to is to give you something that'll make you go off script. So we'll see. We'll see if I can pull you off your questions. We'll, we'll see. Well you well you kind <laughs> of already did because I was thinking just the shallow level. Um because obviously of the of the movie Sound of Freedom and um but I feel like we all think about the the deeper side every single day when we whenever we're faced with a um a question about what we choose next, right? Like and whenever I don't know, and our freedom's taken away every day that way when we continuously make the choice that takes that away. Yeah. And, and I, you know, to your point about um, about uh, how how that pertains to trafficking and things like that. Um, I think one of the one of the bigger criticisms. Uh, I'm I'm really close with Ken Ballard. He's a dear friend. Mm-hmm. Um, I talk to him all the time. I work. He's the CEO of the Nazarene Fund that I that I work for to do communications. Um, and we've known each other since before it was OUR. Mm-hmm. Um, I've gone on things, but Tim actually one of the one of the biggest criticisms of Tim, like in a, in a secular sense, um, there's, you know, there's articles you can hunt up where people just ha- hammer it. Mm-hmm. And, and the underlying, the underlying criticism is that he, he feels like it's a calling from God to do this. So, mm-hmm. so God, godless places like vice, um, the vice, the, the online now bankrupt company, mm-hmm. um, Kind of funny, but anyway, <laughs> no, not funny. Not funny with good people who go bankrupt. Funny with vice. Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> but why? One of their biggest criticisms is that Tim says, "Listen, I am gonna fight trafficking, and I'm gonna save kids, and it's gonna give me a voice to speak to the deeper elements of freedom." Yeah. And then he'll go into like the value of, of maintaining freedom as a country the value of maintaining freedom spiritually. And that just for people where he's on the line between law enforcement and he's an NGO and he's private and he's, he's outspoken and he's um, some would say conspiratorial. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it just kicks the beehive every time to say that saving kids is absolutely like it's absolutely achieving freedom for those kids. But there is a deeper thing we need to do. We need to free people from the bondage of bad ideas, mm-hmm. free them from the bondage of, of the devil, so that we can solve not only child sex trafficking, but every other societal ill. Yeah. And, and they hate him for that because they think he's trying to be a glory hog or self-promote. He's like, no, I want to make my voice as big as possible so right. that I can say these things and not only do trafficking, even though trafficking is big enough for anyone in a lifetime. Um, he wants to speak to the deeper things of freedom, which I appreciate, which is why I stick by him. I like him. Yeah, he's he's pretty awesome. In fact, um, yeah. one of my favorite people in the Book of Mormon, he, I talk about him too much probably, but he's Captain Moroni. Um, he's I've read the war chapters too many times probably because um, his strategies are are just amazing for fighting. I feel like his strategies for fighting the Lamanites can equal the strategies we can use to fight Satan. And I think that Tim Ballard is 
is our modern day Captain Moroni in many ways. Um, so how did you know, and I guess I'm putting those words in your mouth, just saying that you think he is as well, but how did you know that he he is a Captain a Captain Moroni? Um, I, you know, I, I get uncomfortable with that big of a characterization. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because once you know somebody, I suppose if I knew Captain Ron, I'd be like, yeah, but sometimes he's kind of a jerk. Well, I mean, he, he was <laughs> a hothead. I mean? we, we know he yeah, was. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he, told, um, he told one of the guys that he was like a child of hell. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, so you know, and I think even Tim might be like, oh, geez, that's kind of a big one. But yeah. but along those lines, um, you know, I with Tim, it's funny because he is um, he's not a regular guy. You know, so I don't want to say he's a regular guy, but but when you're close, you like he'll talk about his fears, he'll talk about his anxieties, he'll talk about um, he'll get hung up on a critic, mm-hmm. but then you you scoop back a little bit and you're like, all right, this guy is so proactively good, and the things that that he is doing not only um, not only to to get people out of trafficking, to put bad guys in jail, to work with law enforcement like that. But you know, nobody was talking about trafficking. Yeah. 10, 12 years ago. I mean, some people were, but not much. Right. Mm-hmm. There's there were like some Liam Neeson movies, but like it wasn't something that that moms marched in the street about. Mm-hmm. And so I guess in that sense, the way he has mobilized people and by telling stories loudly. And you know, one of the things that Moroni did when he when he Tore the tore the cloak and wrote the wrote the um, the Proclamation of Liberty. What do we call it? The Title, title of Liberty. Liberty. Sorry, yep. <laughs> sorry. It's been it's been a long day in the air. No, fair enough. <laughs> um, the title of Liberty. Uh, he he did. He raised his voice. He showed the importance of saying something. He could have just gotten the guys that gone and won the war. Yeah. He could have just taken his army and quietly won the war. He said no, but we have to change hearts in order to in order to really win this war. And hopefully if we change enough hearts, we'll kill fewer people. Yeah. You know, really like really the way to solve trafficking isn't get rid of traffickers. It's change traffickers or would be traffickers hearts. It's get people off of pornography. Yeah. If we really want to talk about child sex trafficking or any sex trafficking, it starts with legal pornography. Yeah. Because that creates and energy and a buzz where people need to go deeper and they need to get stuff that's worse and worse. And, and trust me, people are going to fill that need. Yeah. And, and so I guess in that sense, uh, in the sense of needing and, and utilizing his voice effectively, I, um, I see some Moroni type qualities there that, that I like. Yeah. And Tim, and I just like him. He's a dude. He's funny. <laughs> and, and he's a guy that like went around operations um, another criticism that's been leveled at him is that like he'll joke around or or he'll use use money to take all of the operators out to a nice dinner. Well, here's the thing, man. You're dealing with guys that are seeing children sold right. and and have to have some sort of release. And Tim's Tim's able to balance these guys that are out there every day. Mm. Um, he's able to make them feel a little bit appreciated and comforted and loosen it up so that they can express and talk about what they're worried about. And so, you know, sometimes he'll take a blogger or used to take some, like a blogger or somebody on an operation, just say, here, look at this, like witness slavery. 
Yeah. And then, you know, years later, they'll come out and be like, you know what? They were kind of too loosey-goosey. Well, I'm sorry, but for the blogger they geared up for, it. they were going to be there two days and, and it was right. like traumatizing. But imagine if you did that the whole time of your life, you'd have to learn how to live in, in the ebb and flow of that, you know? And so Tim's really good at, at keeping his teams loose. Yeah. And I appreciate that about him. And that that's an impressive quality to have to be able to see how to do that in an effective way. Yes. Yeah. So how did you how did you first meet Tim? I think I know the story, but I want to I want to Okay, so my- so when I was working for Glenn Beck, um, Tim, I think there was like five of us. Glenn had a company of about 300 people at the time. Um, now I think they have a couple hundred still. I don't know how big it is, but there were like five of us who were LDS in the company. And so if ever we had like an LDS guest on the show or whatever, mm-hmm. um, you know, one of us would go down and greet him just because it's shorthand. Yeah. And so I was like the official Mormon greeter that day or something. <laughs> and they sent, they sent me down to... Hey, a guy named Tim Ballard's coming. He's an author. That's all they knew about him, right? Because mm-hmm. he had written he had written a book about Washington yeah. called the, the Washington Hypothesis. And it was not the one that Desiree Book did. It was a, a different version. Okay. There was this big, thick academic version with like 100 pages of footnotes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then Desiree Book took it and like made it more digestible to the masses. Um, <laughs> but he was coming to to be on the show and talk about that book. And so yeah. I go down there, I meet him in a car. It's funny. I go, Hey, my name is Mark Mabry. And I shook his hand and he goes, Oh, this is awkward. Have I told you this story ever? I've heard it. I think I heard you guys talk about it on a podcast or something, but he goes, so funny. He goes, he goes, this is awkward. I go, why? He goes, I just reviewed a book that you did with PBS called America's first freedom. He goes, and it was a really harsh review. I'm like, <laughs> he goes, Dude, I don't care. I just, I, I told him, I go, I don't care. I just took the pictures. I didn't write anything. Yeah. And he, and he goes, you took the pictures? And I go, yeah. He goes, oh, we're cool then. Because <laughs> his entire review, he's like blowing up the this like really like kind of liberal centrist author that leaned toward the side of the founders weren't really reliant on God. Um, yeah. And, but then in the review, he's like, but I would still buy the book just for the pictures. <laughs> and so... Yeah, it's so funny. And so he and I got to be good friends. And I would kind of hang out with him when he came into town and stuff. And um, and one day I flew to Utah because I was working on some stuff. And he goes, dude, come out to lunch with me. I want to show you something. It's like, okay, cool. And he takes me to their office. Um, He was still working for Homeland Security at the time. Mm -hmm. Takes me to the office and he goes, I have a great job. He goes, I can retire in a few years. Um, it's great. He goes, but I'm about to quit. He goes, it's not, um, I can't, he goes, I have some cases that I'm trying to work here mm-hmm. that I can't, they're not letting me work and I'm invested. I've made promises to people that I'd find their kids. Mm-hmm. And he goes, he goes, I want to jump out and just start like an organization where, where I can go find kids that need to be found because it always comes back to some American interest. Yeah, to some bad bad guy in America trying to get sex. Mm-hmm. Um, he goes, but I can't always chase that. The government won't let me. And so it's like, dang, dude. And so when I went back to Texas, I was like, um, hey, Glenn, do you know what Tim really does? He goes, no. Well, he deals with child sex trafficking. Because you're kidding me. We kind of talked, and then Tim invited him out for this pitch. 
Kim was going to pitch in. Um, and I think you've seen this on my Instagram, maybe. Um, this meeting, he had like a really close little boardroom meeting mm-hmm. where he's laying out the idea of Operation Underground Railroad. And this is, do you mind if I just keep telling a story here? Please, yes. One of, one of my favorite moments, right? I, I feel like I've been, um, I've been blessed and given a little bit of a responsibility to, to witness mm-hmm. and to be a witness not only of trafficking, um, but be a witness to a lot of the things that people are doing to try to solve it. Can I interject and, uh, here real fast? Yeah. I think that's one of your talents is being able to witness and articulate that with words. And I think that's why people respond respond so well to to what you share is because you're such a good witness. Okay, you can continue. Yeah. <laughs> that, that means a lot to me. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, I like watching stuff unfold. Anyway, and so we go and Glenn's lawyer slash chief of staff was in there with us. And the whole time he's like peppering Tim with just annoying questions. And, and I'm watching Glenn, tears in eyes, listen to this story and be like, oh my gosh, this is a freaking Holocaust. This is horrible. Yeah. You know? And, and I'm watching this unfold. And so Glenn tells Tim, he's like, hey, I'm going to help you. We're going to get this done. We're going to save kids. Yeah. And we get into the elevator. It's just me. There's At the Grand America, there's little elevators that go all that are like security elevators. Mm-hmm. They go all the way down to the garage, right? Anyway, so it's a little elevator. It's me, that attorney guy, and Glenn. And the second we hop in the elevator, the chief of staff, he's just like, bah, 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 you can't do this. This is dangerous. This is dumb. It's irresponsible. We don't know anything about him. How can you, like, we're not going to do this. We get to the bottom. Ding. We're standing there in the elevator. And Glenn looks at him. It's like, Glenn's an intense dude. Mm-hmm. He looks at him, and I wish, I wish I'd have had the presence to at least pull out my cell phone and shoot this, but I didn't. So you have to take my word for it. He Hello. looks at the guy. He looks at the guy, and he says his name, and he says, "Before God, I will live under a bridge before I do nothing, because I, I will not go back to my Maker, having done nothing now that I know this." Mm-hmm. And then it was just like mic drop. We walk out. Um, not long after that, I'm sitting in church. Glenn's a couple rows ahead of me. We were in the same ward. Mm-hmm. And um, and I get this text from Tim going, hey, man, want to go to Haiti? <laughs> he go, I go, sure. When? He goes, tonight. I was like, um, yeah, let me uh, talk to my wife. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't even say that. I said, yes, let me talk to my wife. <laughs> Which, I'm, a, I'm a bad husband for that. Um, and then I, you know, I've texted Tim. I'm texting Glenn and, you know, Glenn, the reason, the reason Tim was not texting me is that the blaze Glenn's company without Glenn knowing had, had told Tim, no, had told Tim, we're not getting involved. They were going to send a war correspondent to go, to go shoot this operation in Haiti. Yeah. Um, But it was going to be super expensive. And they're like, we're not going to get mixed up in it. And so like behind Glenn's back, we say no. And that's not something you do. None of that crew. They're not part of his company anymore. Not that over this. Make sense. Not over this thing in particular, but um, but you know, like it, he's it's his freaking company anyway. Right. And and he'd given his word to Tim, and so Glenn in paper, Glenn on, and he and I are really tight friends. Yeah. So I could I could understand what he was saying to me. He goes, 
I can't control what you do on your time off. I never had time off at the blaze. Like <laughs> they never said, you know, here's how many time off day. If I wanted to go somewhere, I just went. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. Um, it was awesome. I was smart. And I went, I watched Tim. I witnessed Tim take two kids out of that orphanage for $20,000. And those were his kids he adopted. Am I correct? He ended up adopting yeah. those kids. Now he had no intent on adopting those kids. When mm-hmm. we went in, he just picked two kids. Yeah. Right. Like he just chose two kids. I uh, chose one and then he didn't want to go without his sister. And so yeah. Tim's like, how much for her? You know, like callous. Um, the lady's like, well, another 10,000. You were, you were in the room. Am I correct? Like you were there witnessing. I was, I was holding the baby. I was holding the baby. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I was I, holding I, one of them. I thought that you were like right there uh-huh. when it was all going down. So are you being, I know I'm this is fast it. forwarding. Are you being portrayed in the second movie? No. Okay. Um, Anyways, continue. I, <laughs> I, I, you know, I've always been just part of the op. Yeah. And just there like, um, and so anyway, we got 28 kids, rescued 28 kids from an orphanage in Haiti that was selling them out the back door. And so when people, again, and I'm sorry I'm hung up because the movie came out and, and it's getting incredible reviews and incredible response, right? Mm-hmm. But then you'll get you'll get two or three like loud, annoying voice haters. Yeah, they're like those are fake. Nothing's verified. I'm like, um, I was there. Yeah, like, I saw it. I saw 28 kid, kids get saved that day. I saw 50 some odd kids get saved in Colombia. I've seen so you numerous were there, kids on other things. You were there for Operation Triple Triple Take. Wow, I was. I was. No, it was Triple Take because there were three operations in Colombia that day. Right. They got a hundred and some odd kids and like a dozen traffickers. Um, and so, yeah, I was at the one where Tim was on the beach. Okay. How did you like, pretend to be evil? Like I, cause you had, oh, you you had to, to some extent, right? I mean. No, you don't. Uh, here's the thing. Like Tim does on text. Mm-hmm. Tim can say dirty things to the dude on text. to let him know he's a bad guy. And, yeah. But bottom line is if you look like an American male with money, then that's enough. You look evil. Hmm. Yeah. And, Which that's depressing. It is depressing. Um, and the other sad thing is when, when there is money on the table, like when there's twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 laying on the table, uh, especially if it's like an American cash or whatever, traffickers are idiots. They are stupid. <laughs> they, they will see, I could show up in a cop uniform and they'd be like, they'd just be mesmerized by the cash on the table. Like, honestly, I took my camera is a Canon 5D Mark II or Mark IV, whatever it was, a big Canon with a big yeah. lens. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm taking pictures and I'm showing the traffickers my pictures on the back of my camera. Just like I'm some dude, they figured that I was there to make pornography or something. Yeah. Um, and and there was one, this guy named Fuego that's in the movie that's inside of Freedom. Yeah. Um, he actually, I was sitting across from him at the table and I'm like, I'm like, you like photography, Fuego? He's like, so a tiny bit of English. And I go, dude, let me take your picture. I go, smile. He like smiling in the camera. Right. And so, and then when the cops came in, like I, the lady that's the beauty queen at the front of the movie, mm-hmm. I was there when she got arrested. Mm-hmm. Like I was laying on the ground four feet from her getting arrested. I have a picture I'm shooting. It's like her skirt and legs and a cop like dragging her off because I was on my stomach because we had to be bad guys too. Right. Um, but 
you know, with the movie, they they took, and I think this is important to realize, they took a career and they mm-hmm. compressed it into one case, right? right. They said, we're going to take elements from one thing, elements from another. And then and then the, the only thing that wasn't true in that deal was that Tim didn't kill anyone at the end, which I, on a personal level, I wish they wouldn't have done because then everyone's like, hey, it shifts the focus. Right. My sister, I was watching it with my sister and she's like, did Tim really kill that guy? I'm like, I don't think so, but. <laughs> I mean, knowing Tim, would he kill a trafficker? Probably. Yeah. Like, oh, who the, wouldn't? The I guy, mean, we were. Yeah. That was that post that I wrote about, like, why don't you just kill him? Um, mm-hmm. That's the most common question, right? Uh, but he's so good at letting justice unfold and, like, trusting justice, um, whether it be divine justice or legal justice. Um, he's good at letting it unfold. But um, I've, anyway, like I said, I, I've witnessed this stuff. And and it's it's crazy. Like, people think it's horrifying. It's not horrifying. Like, it's mm. really not. Interesting, because I would feel like I would be scared to death. No, I I mean, maybe we should. There's only one time. We Remember when he did kind of the Doctors Without Borders thing in the movie? Mm-hmm. So the real life version of this, the group was a little bit bigger and it was in Haiti. But they took that Doctors Without Borders motif mm-hmm. um, and took it and applied it to this case. To anyway, to tell the story, but it was another tactic we used before. The Doctors Without Borders is when we almost got killed. Like they had us surrounded. <laughs> we were down in this village and they started getting like, they started um, not trusting what was going on. Mm-hmm. And, and anyway, long story short, is we had this whole crowd around us. A lot of them had machetes that they used for like crops and weeds and stuff, but you could very certainly use machetes for other things. Mm-hmm. And there were, there's just a little handful of us, a few women, a few men, one undercover Haitian cop with a gun in, a, in his back pocket, like, like, you know, tucked in the back of his pants, which would have done nothing against like a couple hundred guys. Right. And anyway, we got out of there, but, and we did, it wasn't by boat. It was by, it was by truck and Gardy's dad was with us. Oh, you were. It yeah, it was bananas. We were looking for Guardy on that. Oh, Sorry, gosh. I apologize. I have to check one thing to make sure my plane's not boarding in a second. Let's oh, you're fine. I'm so sorry. No, you're good. So, so tacky of me. Okay, we're boarding in. We're boarding in about eight minutes. Okay, but I but I, but I can push a little bit longer. So like okay. if, if we go if we go like ten minutes, is that cool? Yeah. Okay. So sorry, I went on forever. So ask me a different question. I'm sorry, but I got okay. you derailed. You did. And it was good. No, it was, it was good. You did it. Good job. (laughs) (laughs) So somebody who has never heard of Tim Ballard or, oh, you are, if you were to talk to them after they saw the movie and they wanted to be a guardian of freedom, but they didn't, they kind of feel like frozen to know what to do next. What would you tell them? Like, what are some steps you can tell them to do? Okay. Steps. Sure. Three steps. Okay. A lot of people, well, how about options, right? Options, yeah. um, a lot of people are like, well, I want to go help. Um, I don't even go on that many ops anymore because what Tim has built is so amazing that he's yeah. hired pros. There's dozens of actual pros that are all around the world working. Right. Um, and so that option is not really open anymore to like go do it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's donating. And that's, everyone's like, oh gosh, donate, you know, whatever. But you got to, 
like these guys feed their families by doing this, you know? Right. And they got to keep the lights on. Um, and, and donating is how they go get kids. Um, so there's that, but not everyone can do that. Um, there's raising your voice there, you know, be it on social, be it anywhere else and saying, Hey, like this is going on in the world. Um, it's evil. Let's look for darker causes of it. And, and let's just call it out. So we're aware of it. So there's that. Um, there is, um, yeah, raising your voice and doing that. But here's the big one. And I already said it. And my friend brought this to my attention the other day because somebody asked this question on social. And I'm like, I don't know how to answer other than like donate and spread the word. He goes, tell people to stop watching porn. And that was, that's another thing that Tim gets highly criticized for is yeah. that it makes a lot of people mad when he's like pornography. And one of the quotes I heard him say once, and it's never left me. This is like 10 years ago. He goes, um, not all porn leads to trafficking, but every trafficker I've ever known was addicted to porn. Yeah. And so like it is, it is the vacuum. So fighting against porn, fighting against legal porn. Yeah. Um, you know, as a, as a libertarian, I'm like, yeah, people have the right to, I suppose, do whatever they want with their consenting adult bodies, but don't, don't create a vacuum for it. Don't use it. Don't support it. Don't, you know, Yeah. and you'll slow down trafficking. Like three really boring answers. But but it's the little things, right? I mean, that's what we're talking in the gospel all the time. It's the little things that lead to the the big things. So yeah, totally. We have six minutes, six minutes ish. Awesome. I finish out my interviews with the same two questions. The first question is, um, what example from Jesus's life shows that he was a guardian of freedom? Oh, wow. I think, now I'm not going to go particular scripture. Maybe I will. Okay. But how, how he dealt with Judas, mm-hmm. he let Judas make a bad decision. And he, he put it off as long as possible. He's like, no, man, come to the dinner. Maybe you'll change your mind. Um, yeah. like see me coming down off the hill. Maybe you'll change your mind. Like, and he, he let people choose and, but it didn't mean that he was totally permissive. Like when mm-hmm. Peter, when, when Jesus says, Hey, Peter, and Hey, uh, Hey disciples, follow me. I'm going back to Israel and this time I'm going to die. Mm-hmm. I'm or, sorry. Go back to Jerusalem. This time I'm going to die. Peter goes, no, Lord, we're not going back to Jerusalem. And Jesus goes, get behind me, devil. Mm-hmm. And and then he tells him, Peter, if you're going to follow me, you have to learn to deny yourself, which it seems like that would be a paradox with, with, what, he, with what he allowed Judas to do. Mm-hmm. But Peter had the choice. It was, if you're going to follow me, you need to sign up for this higher law. And you have to deny yourself. You have to give me your will, just like I gave, it to, just like I gave my will to my father. And, I right. gave my will to father. and so to me, the guardian of freedom lets people operate in a sphere around us, but never shies away from challenging people to live higher. Mm-hmm. It's not freedom willing. And Jesus right. ultimately, Jesus ultimately died as a, as a sign of that like integrity and belief in freedom. Yeah. And going back to what we were talking about at the beginning, when we deny ourselves, we ultimately give ourselves the biggest freedom we can give ourselves. Yeah. Which has continued choice like when we don't deny ourselves we get addicted to porn we get addicted to all sorts of things that lead down these bad roads so if we learn how to deny ourselves just like jesus taught then we're golden yeah totally yes so 
Okay, okay last question, question number two. <laughs> if you could pick anyone, past or present, who you think is a guardian of freedom, who would you pick and why? Um, you know, outside of Jesus. Gosh, I'd have to go somebody like um, somebody like John Adams. Um, okay. Where, and I'm not saying he's my perfect guy, but I wanted a founder, but I also wanted a founder that wasn't turning a blind eye to slavery. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of the founders. A big George Washington guy. Je- Jefferson, love him. Yeah. Um, but but that was the the big flaw was that they can say the words, you know, they can say the words freedom and equality for all mankind, yet not really. And yeah, it established established a system that allowed the blood of warriors to free the slaves, and I and I like that. Yeah, but but Adams was against it the whole time. He railed against it, mm-hmm. and yeah, did he have to ultimately concede in order to have a nation? Yes, but Adams was anti-slavery from the jump. Yeah, and so he's a guardian of freedom. I like that. I love that. Um, That's awesome. Anyway. All right, Mark, Thanks. you have to go on the airplane, and uh, Lindsay, our time thank is you. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully um, that wasn't too short. I think we, well, almost we went 45 minutes. So that's good. Yeah, that's good. Long, right? Good, solid. So thank you thank so you. much. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad I'm we so were able excited to, to hear make this. this happen. I know. Me I, too. I, it's awesome. And thanks for being a guardian of freedom and um, witnessing every all this cool thing that's happening with OUR and everything. So. Well, thank you. We'll talk yep. to you later. All bye. right. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope that you walk away filled with strength and power, or dare I say, virtue, as you use your own gifts for good too. Podcasts live by the reviews that are written for them. Please leave a review and let me know what you think. I hope you all have a blessed day. Bye.